nearly $33 trillion. That's what the U.S. national debt was as of early September 2023. At the end of July 2023, when the debt was about $3 billion less, roughly $7 trillion of that was intragovernmental debt holdings, meaning the government owes itself that money. The majority of the debt, about $25.7 trillion, was held by the public. The thing that we refer to as the national debt is really nothing more than an accounting record. It's keeping track of how many dollars the government has added to the broader economy minus how many dollars it has subtracted away from us, mostly through taxation. Is there a reason you should want debt to be zero, precisely zero? No, there's no reason for that. Debt has many useful purposes. It's very useful for emergencies. The national debt increased by nearly 90% since the beginning of the pandemic. But many economists and politicians warn that the ever-expanding national debt can be harmful to the economy. And unfortunately, we're using it for rainy days and sunny days right now. We have to think about the interest rate on what we pay for our borrowing. We have to think about the growth rate in our economy. If the growth rate is faster than the interest rate, then that makes that debt more sustainable. The U.S. economy certainly has the resources to pay down the debt over time, or at least to stop the increase in debt. But we need political action for that to happen. So why can't the U.S. get a handle on its national debt? And does it even have to? The majority of the U.S. debt is held by the public in the form of government securities, such as treasury bonds, notes, and bills. When the government borrows money, it does that by issuing a bond, which is a piece of paper that either says, I owe you this much money in the future, or I'm going to pay you interest at these particular time horizons and then pay you back the full amount at some other time in the future. Government is giving us the ability to trade in some of the dollars that it has supplied for a different kind of U.S. dollar called a government security. The U.S. dollar represents the reserve currency for the world, so lots of people want to own our treasuries. Treasury debt is considered an extraordinarily safe, secure asset, and somebody who's looking for a safe, secure asset would naturally be attracted to buy U.S. government bonds. So public debt has always been used for emergencies. It's easier to finance by borrowing than to burden the current generation with taxes. And we saw debt rise uh, dramatically in the late 2000s after the global financial crisis. And we saw debt rise again during COVID. The debt in some ways is a contingency plan that we use to smooth out otherwise what would be big shocks to our economy. The problem is that we keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing day in and day out. So we're not borrowing for emergencies. We're not borrowing for only for long-term investments. We're borrowing for immediate consumption. And any borrower, whether that's a person or a business or a government, if you borrow for immediate consumption with no long-term benefit, you're actually deteriorating your financial or fiscal future over the long run. What's really critical here is what they call debt to GDP ratio. That is your debt to the size of your economy. We're almost at 100% debt to GDP. Looking at an economy the size of the US, usually a stability number is around 70%. So why is looking at that ratio important? Because it really shows whether you can service that debt. Servicing the debt means paying back the debt and the interest on the amount to the lender. 
the reason interest rates matter is because the government has to pay interest on its past debt. And as interest rates rise, those net interest payments start increasing dramatically. The Federal Reserve has been increasing interest rates since March 2022 with the goal of slowing down economic activity. When you raise interest rates, you have to pay more to service the debt. You can't do the national programs we need to do without incurring even more debt. The federal government paid $475 billion in interest on the national debt in 2022. That's nearly 2% of GDP. The Fed is pushing up interest rates, and this is feeding hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars in additional income to bondholders. So people who are holding government bonds, paying higher rates of interest, are getting a huge windfall. Debt helps your economy because so you can take on large initiatives like infrastructure. You can take on crises like the pandemic. But you have to watch where your debt to GDP ratio is because uh, that really is the stability indicator of whether you can actually service this debt uh, or whether you're tilting the balance. There are good uses of debt. There are bad uses of debt. The public debt is one thing we're going to pass to the next generation. So is the quality of the environment. So is the infrastructure and roads and broadband and et cetera. So we need to balance both, you know, the costs and benefits that we send to future generations. We're the wealthiest nation on earth, and we're basically taking resources that we don't have today and borrowing from the, from the future. I think the biggest point of confusion or piece of misinformation about this thing we call the national debt is that it is somehow a burden to the rest of us, right? You'll hear people talk about the national debt burdening future generations. It ends up scaring people because you're thinking that the federal government's budget works like a household budget and that if the government is borrowing and taking on debt that somehow it's going to find itself in a situation somewhere down the road where it can no longer afford to pay the bills. And that's just simply not true. The government's budget doesn't work anything like a household budget. The U.S. isn't the only country with debt. There are 15 other countries with higher debt-to-GDP ratios than the U.S., with Japan having the largest in the world. Economist Stephanie Kelton says Japan's economic situation illustrates why debt isn't as harmful as mainstream economists suggest it is. The Japanese government has been running fiscal deficits basically for the last three decades. Has it been inflationary? No. Has it driven interest rates sky high and crowded out private investment? No. Has Japan uh, faced any kind of a fiscal solvency crisis as a result? No. When you look at what mainstream economics tells us is supposed to happen, if governments you know, don't balance their budgets, if they run persistent fiscal deficits, if the debt continues to rise, you know, interest rates are supposed to go up, it's supposed to trigger inflationary problems, solvency risk, and all the rest of it just didn't happen. One could say, uh, you know, with 2020 hindsight that Japan hasn't had any debt default or debt crisis. Uh, and again, that's in part because the rates at which they borrow at have been very low. The Japanese economy has been growing very slowly and very sluggishly. We don't know what the counterfactual is. We don't know how much faster the Japanese economy would have grown had they not been saddled with so much public debt. The U.S. national debt tends to make headlines alongside words like default and debt ceiling. A default is any time the government does not make a payment that it promised to make. We're one of two countries, I think, on the planet that has 
uh, this sort of a debt ceiling in place. The other is Denmark, and they set it so high that it never really becomes an issue for them. Here, the debt ceiling limit is a self-imposed constraint. It's something that Congress put in place. Congress has given two sets of instructions to the executive branch. Congress is saying, spend this money that we have authorized, these programs in this budget, but don't issue any more of this specific type of security in order to facilitate that payment. So it kind of leaves the executive branch in a position where it's got to find a way to continue to spend because it's authorized under the law to spend, but not spend in the way that it normally would. I wish we could get rid of the entire debt ceiling issue. It's totally unnecessary in the first place because the government can't spend money unless Congress authorizes it anyway. The fight over the debt ceiling can have serious consequences for the U.S. and the global economy. Fitch, one of the bond rating services, lowered the U.S. credit rating in early August 2023 from the top category to a slightly lower one. It was a combination of three things. One is the rising debt to GDP ratio in the current forecast. The second is the lack of an explicit plan to deal with that. And third is the kind of terrible governance that Congress demonstrated in the debt limit buildup that occurred a few months ago with many congressional Republicans threatening default if their demands were not met. As of December 2022, about $7.4 trillion of U.S. debt is held by foreign governments or investors, which makes up 30% of publicly held debt. If countries holding U.S. debt start to believe it's not a safe investment, it may lead to a run on the bank, so to speak. Why would we care about the stock of uh, debt held by foreigners? The reason is that when we think about how a debt crisis could emerge, it's much like a banking crisis. We One day we wake up, and we no longer believe an entity is solvent. And so we run, right? We run for the exits. That sort of behavioral response is very similar, just playing out at an international level when we have debt crises, that foreigners run for the exits where they're seeing there's no agreement in the US over fiscal policy and the debt to GDP ratio keeps ratcheting up and interest rates are slowly getting higher, making it harder for the US to pay off that existing debt. So those kinds of signals could, you know, lead some to begin to sell U.S. Treasuries. Ultimately, the U.S. national debt isn't getting paid off anytime soon. People are at the abstract level in favor of cutting the deficit. The problem is at the implementation level, they oppose spending cuts that would affect them and they favor tax increases that would affect them. The debt trajectory is worrisome. Not a crisis, but worrisome. But there is a significant minority that says that we face so many other issues that we can afford some more debt. 